So as you just softly play while she brings this order, do you have the other one? The Lord gave me this word on August 5th, 21. Let us go up to Zion, the city of the living God. We shake off the dust. The breaker anointing is opening doors and windows so the light of Christ can come in. His light will cause all darkness to flee. The light will bring illumination and revelation of truth. The truth will set you free. I hear the shouts of victory and shouts of joy and shouts of true freedom in the body of Christ. She is being set ablaze with a new fire in her heart and healing in her hands. She is speaking those things that are not as if they are and great creativity is being released. The oil is flowing like a mighty river. I see multitudes of children being set free from cultural bondages and fear. The voice of the Lord is going forth to set prisoners free from captivity of addictions, perversions, and their identity crisis. The plumb line of truth will drop into them and they will see. Oh, the abundance of rain upon our land and the souls of men and women will produce much fruit. Their cups will overflow with salvation. The land will rejoice and the trees will clap their hands and families will be restored. Haven't I said, I will restore the years the locust has eaten. You will gather together and be surrounded by my love, my peace and forgiveness between family members and will bring forth great unity. And I will be your rock, your hiding place, your strength, your strong tower. I will be your comfort and shield. I will be your rock and your peace. I will go before you and be your rear guard. I am your father and my love for you endures forever. You are my beloved and I am yours. Be ready to hear my voice in this hour. Wait upon me. Trust me. Do not go ahead or lag behind, but surrender all and you will mount up on wings of eagles. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Oh, that is meat. <laughs> that is meat to my soul. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, good. I want her. No, I, I just want to say that um, as I was praying this morning, the Lord told me that there is such an open heaven over you. There is such an open heaven over this place. You have no idea. There is such, um, there, there is a real open heaven. And during worship, I saw the throne of God come right down here. 
it is so, you are such a blessed people. You are very, very blessed. The Father is here. Jesus is here and Holy Spirit is here. You're super blessed, everyone. Amen. We are blessed. We are blessed. Oh, my goodness. Help me, Lord. Uh, This is an amazing holy season. These are God's appointed time. And some of you don't know why we're celebrating this. You might be saying, our church is celebrating the Feast of Trumpets. These are terms that the church should understand. Uh, the Feast of Trumpets. Why, why are you guys celebrating the Day of Atonement? Why are you guys celebrating the Feast of Booths, Tabernacles? And we're going, I'm going to give you why today. We're going to read the word. God impressed upon me that um, he's consecrating the land here where this particular building is. He, he's, it all belongs to him. The, the world, the universe, but he's, it's like, it's like there was an anointing of, you know, sometimes we do a rededication of our hearts. It's like another affirmation that he's consecrating the land, and he was showing me his anointing going over to the community center that we've acquired recently. And he said, I'm designating this as my land. It's consecrated. It's holy to me. And I want you to understand that. This isn't something that we're just doing. It's God. It's God 100%. And I just feel so privileged to be a part of what he's doing. Um, I I don't want to put it down. It seems small in comparison to other things. But just like we sang today, Nothing compares with him. And so if it's his work in this little hidden place, it's a great work. It's one of the greater works. And what a privilege to have been called to it in this hour. I want you to know, I want you to remember if you didn't bring your Bible today, we have the words on the wall. Sean was a blessing and did this just this morning. Chris told me, oh, it's up. If you don't remember anything else, remember Leviticus 23, because this is where you can come. If that's the only verse you can memorize, you're going to know where to find and read about these appointed times. The first thing I want to say is these are not... Jewish feasts. People will come and say, well, why are you, visiting, why are you celebrating Jewish, Jewish holidays? Because that's the lack of understanding. You see, when God told Moses, that was a mixed multitude that had come out of Egypt. It wasn't just Jacob and the Israelites that had been there for 400 years and the sons and the tribes. He said, let anybody that wants to come out with you come and assemble to me. And so you see, already 
in these appointed times. It takes the New Testament and it takes the Old Testament. He was already speaking about the future when he would call the Gentiles and all the nations to himself. He prophesied. This was a prophetic word like we just heard from Karen this morning. This was a prophetic word to the mixed multitude within the camp. I'm calling everyone during these appointed times. He didn't say these were the Jewish holidays. He didn't say this was just to the Jews or to Israel. He said, these are my feasts. These are my appointed times. These are God's. They will last. They are perpetual. They are forever and ever. In the millennium, we will be celebrating these appointed times. In fact, in Zechariah, it says, if during the millennial reign, when Jesus Christ is upon the earth, if the nations do not come and bow down and celebrate the feasts, there will not be rain upon their nations. You see, it will be a time of great instruction to the earth of the laws and the word of God. It'll take a thousand, almost a thousand years to inform humanity of the righteousness. He's the judge of righteousness and his statutes and his word and the principles. So I want you to get this today. It may seem, it, sound, it could be boring. I told them it could be like reading the dictionary. But these are statutes. It's law. These are things that God wrote for us. And this is why we do what we do, because the anointing comes. It's like Tuesday, I have an appointment at the dentist. Okay? I do. I have an appointment at the dentist in Woodstock. I have an appointed. And everybody that's going to work on me that day is there. And they're waiting for me. I'm assured that they're going to be there. And they've reminded me, they reminded me last, starting last Friday that I have this appointment. And I am here to tell you that you have an appointment with God. Every one of these feasts is an appointment with God. And he's going to be there. He has promised to be there. And for the years that I've been celebrating this, and, and uh, blessed be the saints of God that sowed the seed of revelation. Because, you know, after World War II, they wanted to, dis even in seminaries, they wanted to dissociate. They wanted to disassociate with any of what they called the Jewish feasts or anything to do with Israel because of the great holocaust and the shame that much of the church felt. They just wanted to disassociate. But God has resown, and the truth grows. It grows here in this hidden place. And so, without further ado, I want you to just hear what the Lord has to say. Let me get back to my Leviticus. Which uh, version is on the wall, Sean? Do you know? It's King James. Okay, I'm going to be reading from, um, but all of you will be reading what's on the wall, but I'm going to read it from the New American Standard Version. And um, I want to start. I want to start with verse 1. This is some heavy-duty times. And God 
release these the minute he brought them out of captivity. The Lord spoke again to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel. I want to stop right there. That included the mixed multitude. That is speaking to you today. Are you called to be the sons and the daughters of God? This word is to you. And say to them, he didn't say, this is what the Lord said, the Lord's appointed times. If you've got a Bible, underline it. He didn't say, Israel's appointed times. He said, the Lord's appointed times, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations. My appointed times are these. He twice says, these are my appointed times. Verse 3, for six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, a holy convocation. You shall not do any work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwellings, wherever you go, wherever you move to, wherever you live. Some of us have wound up in the U.S. of A., other nations. It's wherever you live, these appointed times are there because he is omnipresent. You do not have to be here to celebrate this. Okay? Oh, I've got to get back. In my personal notes, I've got to get back to this page. Um, Where was it, guys? Okay. He kind of gives an overview, and then he starts with Passover. Verse 4. These are the appointed times of the Lord. Holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at the times appointed for them. And that's why I'm here. He really impressed on me. In the midst of everything that was happening to me in the past two weeks, I want you to proclaim this. And therefore, it's going over the airways. Maybe some of you that are watching have never heard of this. You always considered them Jewish feasts or something like that. I don't know. Messianic people do this. No. It's a call to all of humanity. It will lead us to the great marriage supper of the Lamb. This is where this will culminate. So it starts with Passover. Some of you know that. That's when Jesus went to the cross. That's when he died for us. This was fulfilled when Jesus fulfilled it. For millennia, they had been celebrating it in different ways and other things. And that's why the... The, the church of the day when Jesus was crucified, they had celebrated it in such a way that they just somehow couldn't layer over that Jesus became the lamb that was slain. And the word of God tells us that he was slain before the foundation of the earth was even created. This was in God's heart and mind. And so if you have been saved, if you have found salvation in Christ, That is the Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, our Passover. You have experienced the fulfillment of Passover, and it ever grows in you as we die daily to ourselves. Amen? As we pick up our cross daily, Passover is a reality. Every day of my life, I'm going to die to myself, and I'm going to live for him. Amen? Okay. He says, these are the appointed times. In the first, verse 5, in the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at twilight, 
is the Lord's Passover. You see, on God's calendar, it doesn't start at midnight. That isn't the beginning of the new day. On God's calendar, it wasn't the twilight of the morning. It was the twilight of the evening. The day started at sundown and ended at sundown. Now, if you didn't know that, now you do. Verse 6, then on the 15th day of the same month, of the same month, and his calendar is different than the Roman calendar that we have. And that's why we're celebrating these. They don't always line up with our Roman calendar, what you, what you see written on there. We really do count the days. Did you know that when we celebrate Passover, it doesn't always line up with the Jewish calendar that, of what they're celebrating? We actually do it the way they did in the Old Testament. There are priests that we know that are in Jerusalem, rabbis, Messianic rabbis that are going out near Jerusalem where this was decided to see if the barley field is ripe. That's why we've had to change up some dates because this is when it really starts at Passover. You see, at Passover. And Kevin George is going to be speaking about this, a profound message in one of the workshops at the feast. So if you can't be here, it's a morning workshop. If you can't be here in the, mor uh, the workshops, we'll be recording them and hopefully live streaming them. Don't miss it. It's amazing because I don't have time to go into that today. But it is amazing how Jesus fulfilled everything that's written in here. And on the first day, uh, and you will, uh, for seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. And on verse 7, on the first day you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall not do any laborious work. So on that seven days, it means out of that whole seven days, the first day is a holy convocation. He doesn't really want you working that first day. In fact, I didn't bring my little sign uh, someone made up for me. Did you know that God gives you 70 days out of the year off? Days off. 70. It includes the Sabbaths. It includes all these feast days, all these holy convocation days. You can count them right here. When he says, I really don't want you working that day. You know, I want you to just have this time off. I want you to rest with me. Point of times. On the first day, you shall have a holy convocation with no laborious work. But verse 8, but for seven days you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. On the seventh day is a holy convocation. So the first day and the last day, no work. You shall not do any laborious work. But he's always, you're going to hear, he's always talking about the offerings that you bring during these seasons. Today we don't have bulls in our backyard. Some of us might. We don't have any cows. Most of us don't have lambs to bring on. Most of us don't have barley sheaves to bring in and wave before the Lord. We have a different form of offering, but let me tell you, God indicates this is a time for us to not only present ourselves as a living offering and sacrifice before God, but what we have. It can be your gifts. It can be your talents. It could be the giftings and the blessings and the fruits of God that he anoints you with in serving him and the creation 
it is also your money. It is also your funds. It is the offerings to bring before the Lord. Amen? So I want you to think how big this would be in today's world. How much would a bull cost? How much would a a lamb, a year-old lamb, bring? Some of these offerings. Some of them were wine offerings. A hen of wine is a gallon of wine was poured out at some of these feasts. How much does a gallon of wine cost? Well, you shouldn't be bringing the cheapest wine. You should bring the best. Gallon. Pour it out before God. Let him know how important he is. Awesome. i got to keep going here and moving. Uh, verse 9. So now we come to the days of first fruits. This is when Jesus was the first fruit risen from the grave. He was the first one as a son of God to rise from the grave. He had risen Lazarus. He had risen other people that died, some children. But he was became the first fruits of the sons of God when he rose from the dead. You guys, Jesus is coming back. There are going to be resurrections. If you don't know when the Lord is returning, let me tell you, it's getting hot down here. It's getting hot down here. And if you thought some of those summer days were hot, we haven't seen anything yet. It's cooking. And that's why, get ready. I love that song that you picked today. We're getting ready. We're preparing for his return. I want to be ready. You know, I, I shared a message earlier this year with the death of the sudden death of, of my nephew and my niece in California. I shared about Ron died suddenly so many deaths. It was like death, death, death all around us for two months. It impresses the message that we must be ready. And we need to know what we're getting ready for. And these appointed times tell us. They set the course for our lives. So this is a this is, this is a feast that can be fulfilled. This is first fruits is actually what we would call Pentecost. Uh, no, uh, it's first fruit is the wave sheaf offering. So then, speak, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you enter the land which I am going to give you to reap its harvest and reap its harvest, then you shall bring in the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priests. That sheaf was barley. It wasn't wheat. It's the first crop that, that springs up in the spring in, in Jerusalem. It's the first crop. I believe, I believe because it isn't written that this is the truth, there isn't a scripture, but I believe that that first fruits are the overcomers. Because Jesus said, don't be fearing, for I have overcome the world. I have overcome it. He rose from the grave. And that first fruits, that wave sheaf offering, was when he rose. Remember when Mary and the girls went down and they were trying to hug Jesus in front of the tomb? And he said, don't touch me yet because I haven't ascended. Did you know that that wave sheaf, that branch of barley, it's a stalk. It doesn't look like wheat. It's actually a stalk with these little little bead-looking things on it. The priest would raise it up and down, up and down. 
here millennia, God was showing them that God was going to be raised up from the grave. He would ascend to his father. Remember, he said, I haven't ascended to my father yet. He ascended before the throne of God, and God judged him alive, and he judged him the first fruits of the sons of God. He is the first of many brethren, which is your opportunity. And he went up, and what did he do? He came back down. And then he ascended again after all those days just before Pentecost. And what did he tell us? I'm coming again, and he's coming back. So this wave sheaf offering went up and down. The barley harvest is the first fruits, and I believe it is associated with the first resurrection of the dead that we will see. We're going to talk about this in a minute. When the dead actually come out of their graves and are resurrected, I believe it will be the overcomers. The overcomers. What does it say in Revelation? They overcome by what? The blood of the Lamb. They overcame by the word of their testimony. These are the overcomers. They overcame by not loving their lives unto death. And that is picking up the cross. It means not my way, but yours, Lord. It's that surrender. That's who's rising, I believe, in that first resurrection. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, verse 10, and say, When you enter the land which I'm going to give you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring in the sheep of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest, and he shall wave the sheep before the Lord for you to be accepted on the day after the Sabbath. The priest shall wave it. Now on the day when you wave the sheaf, you shall offer a male lamb, one year old, without defect, for a burnt offering to the Lord. Here's something else you're going to offer. It's grain. You will have a grain offering, and it shall then be two-tenths two of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering by fire to the Lord for a soothing aroma with its libation, a fourth a hint of wine. I just told you that's a gallon. Until the, on verse 14, until this same day, until you have brought in the offering of your God, you shall eat neither bread nor roast grain nor new growth. It is to be a perpetual, right, underline this. It is to be a perpetual, that means now and forever and ever and ever, a perpetual statute. That is a law amongst you throughout your generations in all your dwelling places. Wherever you go, we're to bring offerings. We're not to come empty-handed. When you shall also, verse 15, we go to Pentecost. You shall also count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day of the wave sheaf offering, is what we're talking about. When you brought in the wave sheaf offering, there shall be seven complete Sabbaths. That means seven weeks. 49 days, but the day of the wave sheaf offering makes it 50. We count 50 days, and that's how we know when Pentecost arrives. Okay? And you shall count, verse 16, you shall count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. 
Then you shall present a new grain offering to the Lord. Here again is another offering. You shall bring in from your dwelling places two loaves of bread for a wave offering. You're going to wave it before the Lord. And made out of two-tenths of an ephah of flour and shall be in a fine flour baked with leaven. This time we can bake it with leaven. Nice big loaves. There's nothing like hot bread. It will be first fruits to the Lord. You see, the wheat harvest is coming in around Pentecost, the first cutting of the wheat. This will not be made out of barley, barley flour. This will be made out of wheat. Along with the bread, you shall present seven. I said seven, the number seven. Seven one-year-old male lambs without defect and a bull of the herd and two rams. They are to be burnt offering to the Lord and their grain offering and their libations. That means the... the um, the wine, an offering by fire of a serving aroma to the Lord. Do you know what it, who doesn't like to have the smell of a good barbecue? Come on. These animals were, nobody ate them. They were burnt as a sacrifice to God, as a soothing aroma. You get a soothing sense every time you smell a good barbecue. Is that not true? Lonnie and I can be in our kitchen, maybe, you know, the first of the summer, and I'm like, can you smell that? Can you smell that? It smells so good. I think that we have this, this created instinct and sense of smell that is similar to what it is when God received these offerings. And it hasn't changed because we're not burning. We have the spiritual fire and the eternal flame. There is an altar here when we bring the sacrifice of praise. And it comes, it's an incense, and it's, and it's a burning fragrance. Amen. You shall, verse 19, you shall also offer one male goat for a sin offering and two male lambs, one, one year old for a sacrifice of peace offerings. How much would this cost you today? How much, what is the value of these offerings? You see what I'm saying? There's no condemnation here. This isn't a call for your money. I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. I want you to understand that he wants you to give. give. These are things that you set aside during the year as it comes in. All right. Verse 20. The priest shall then wave them the bread of the first fruits for the wave offering of the uh, the first fruits of the wheat, and with two lambs before the Lord they are to be holy to the Lord for the priest. On this same day you shall make a proclamation, as well you are to have a holy convocation, and you shall do no laborious work. Write this down and underline it in your Bible, verse twenty one. It is to be a perpetual statute in all your dwelling places throughout your generations. It's forever. It's now. When you reap the harvest of your land, moreover, you shall not reap the very corners of your field, nor shall nor gather the gleaning of your harvest. You are to leave them for the needy and the alien. I am the Lord your God. 
So he said, when you start reaping the harvest, you don't go back and leave whatever fell off the truck. You leave it in the field, and you don't cut into the corners because the poor and needy are allowed to come to your field and go and pick up the grain so they don't starve, so they have what they need. Is that awesome? God has a provision for everyone. I love it. And when you and and so verse 23 again now we're getting to the season that we are in right now this is critical all these other feasts have been fulfilled we know that at pentecost jesus told them to wait for the fire to come and the wind to blow and the anointing the filling of of pentecost this represents the infilling of the baptism of jesus john the baptist told them I'm baptizing with water, but somebody is, there's one that is coming that will baptize you with fire. And this was symbolic when the Holy Spirit came in and the flame of fire rested over their heads. This represents the infilling of the baptism with your spiritual language and the speaking in other languages and tongues and nations that you never knew by the Spirit. Some of you experience this. Amen. That's Pentecost. And now we come. Last, uh, I was going to share some of this last uh, Wednesday night, and I was unable to. But this is the season we are in. Norman talked about this. The Feast of Trumpets. The trumpets were blown here inside the building and outside the church it's to announce these are the fills these are the feasts that have not been fulfilled yet in mankind's experience i want you to understand what the feast of trumpets represents it represents that first resurrection of the dead those overcomers coming out of the graves the christian coming up I want you to picture this. They will literally be coming up out of the ground. If they've been cremated and they weren't buried in a graveyard and their ashes were spread somewhere, I'm telling you, God, by the power of his spirit, will quicken all of this. And it will be coming, and they will come, and whatever is left, whatever atoms are left of whoever they are, are gathered up and regenerated and transfigured into new glorified bodies. And then the sons that are alive whenever this happens, because some people will still be alive. There's going to be a part during these feast, holy feast days where their bodies also will be regenerated, like the transfiguration. At the transfiguration, when Jesus went up there, and he was transfigured, and the glory of God came upon, him, came upon him. And remember, the couple of disciples that were with him said, Oh, God, and Moses was there, and Elijah was there, and all this spiritual stuff was happening. They were in such awe. That was in a different season. That was at the Passover season. But they said, but they recognized something about this transfiguration, and they didn't have it completely full yet. But he'd been talking to them on the sidelines about things and correcting their understandings. And they said, oh, 
Jesus, do we need to make booze for Moses and Elijah and you? They brought tabernacles and the Feast of Booze into that moment. They related it to the transfiguration of flesh, glorification. And he said, no, not yet. But there was a secret little thing if you pick up on that. See, you won't pick up on that if you don't know the whole word of God. I loved what Brother Norman said today. This is the whole word of God, the Old Testament and the New. If you understand the old, you will pick up so much more in the New Testament. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. And as sons, that's our call. Amen. Are you excited? The trumpets were blown, and again the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first of the month, you shall have a rest. A reminder of blowing the trumpets. A, a reminder, he said, of blowing the trumpets. A reminder, a holy convocation. You shall do no laborious work, but you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. Another offering. Every time we bring an offering. And when I was reading this, I said, Lord... We've forgotten to receive an offering. And I'm just saying, it can be anything. You are the offering. Bring yourself. Bring yourself before God. Don't come empty-handed. You don't answer to me. I answer to him, just like you do. But I began to get a revelation his heart is so generous with us. And if we are his sons, we will be generous. Be sure and listen to the rest of this because I want you to have this, Wayne. Watch it. it you've got to hear this so you hear it all. You shall not do any laborious work, but an offering by fire. And now we're coming. So I want you to get this picture in. Someday there will be a fulfillment in mankind's experience. And the dead are going to rise. And CNN might still be sending out their news. And Fox News, the two major networks here. And whatever the other networks. What are they going to do with this when people, their own, maybe, you know, great-great-great-great-great-grandpas uh, risen from the dead. Oh, yeah. And they're... They're crazy. They have had nothing to do with God their whole lives. And he comes to knock on the door. Hey, this is your great, 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 great grandpappy, and I'm here. Remember me? I, I served God. I'm here. I'm here to visit the family. I'm here to talk to you. Look, this is real. You've got to bring this into your own mind. This will happen. I, I swear to you. God swears this will happen. This is his word. He will fulfill it. We just have not experienced it. We're like the people at Passover when Jesus became the Passover lamb and he was crucified and became the lamb that they were bringing into slaughter as they had done for millennia. Did you know that before those lambs could be slaughtered that day, he gave them a message. He brought darkness, darkness upon the earth when he was about to die. 
and the priests are not allowed to crucify or, or to um, sacrifice any animal on the altar. Did you know that the great darkness that came when Jesus was crucified? Some of you have seen the movies, The Passion of the Christ. That was to prevent the priests. It was a double Sabbath that year, and to prevent them. And they're like, we're running out of time. We have thousands and thousands and thousands of animals to sacrifice here today. And then we have to eat the lamb in haste. We have to do all the, our, our typical r- rituals. But God brought a great darkness to the earth, and they couldn't because Jesus was going to become the Passover lamb that was slain for our sins. They experienced it. God insisted. It just changed. You don't have to make these animal sacrifices anymore because my son became the lamb of God that was slain for you and me and all humanity that came before. Wow. So I'm telling you, just like this, there will be a day of trumpets when the trumpet sounds. And now, can you imagine, Norman said, we're in the middle of the ten days of awe. And I know this might mess with some of your theology and doctrines and things that you've learned. Because we always think, you know, when that trumpet sounds, nobody has another chance. But I want to tell you something. There's ten days of awe. The dead will arise when the trumpet sounds. I don't know how God will appear, but there are ten days. And let me tell you, when they start seeing the dead rise... And these are the men and the women of God and the children. They're not going to know what to do about it. There will be a fear of the Lord like a no other time. And men and women and children will be bowing down. There will be a chance of ten days of repentance, he said. Forgive me, O God. Forgive me, O God. They've got ten days of awe. They're not going to be listening to the news because this will fill the earth. They can't, they can't, fake news will, it doesn't matter what they say about it or what spin they put on it. You cannot negate grandma who died a Christian and an overcomer every day from the day of her salvation and she showed up on your doorstep To say, hey, I'm back. Heaven is real. This is the real thing. Let me tell you, there's going to be ten days of awe like never before. And so we follow the ten days of awe. We're in the middle of it right now. As I'm so thankful how God, you know, God orchestrated that we pulled Norman's name last week. I didn't know this message was coming today. I thought it was coming with Wednesday night. And how he orchestrates by the Spirit to affirm his word. It's miraculous. It's miraculous. I, I had no time to plan this. Where was I? I'm sorry. I got excited. I started preaching to you. The Day of Atonement. And that's coming. We're celebrating that this Friday, according to the calendar that started in, in, in uh, the spring. And when the first shoot of barley came up, when that word went all around Jerusalem, 
we're celebrating that as the evening. Again, the day starts at sunset the day before. So Friday night is when the Day of Atonement begins. We've had a chance to repent. Now I want you to read what God said about the Day of Atonement. This morning we had a leadership meeting. We need all work crews, workers, laborers of the harvest on board. We've got a lot going on. I need your help. God needs your help. We need one another to do what we need to do in preparation. We sang the song, we're getting ready. We're going to be ready for the feast. We're going to be ready. We're going to be ready for Friday night. I'm, I'm between now and then, no matter what I'm doing, in these 10 days of Oz, I'm just saying, God, come and, come and talk to me about this heart. There may be things you want to get my attention to. Amen. And Friday night, so we had planned a big work day on Saturday because we've run out of time. We do it on weekends. Most of the time, that's when a lot of us have those days off on the weekend. We didn't know how we were going to get it all done. And then I laid on him and I said, I don't know, but the Lord's telling me, I can't ask you to do any work on Saturday. It's the Day of Atonement. Do you know what this means? That God, in his mercy, in the ten days of awe, we've celebrated it differently. We've, we've been told in different doctrines and different teachings. But I want you to grasp, it's, the, it's ten days of awe, and it's ten days of the mercy of God and the goodness of God. Sometimes we talk about the God of second chances, third chance, on and on. He'll receive the prodigals in at any moment. But he gives us 10 days in the earth realm, 10 days of mercy. How much more plain can it get than that? The dead have risen. They're, uh, they're knocking on your door. They're knocking on your door. You can't deny this. It's like when Jesus appeared to them. He said, well, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Trust me, somebody's going to be knocking on that guy or that woman's door. Because God is after, he's got the 99 in the, in the sheepfold, but he'll run out to get the one left out of the 100. He's after the world. He doesn't want to leave anyone behind. Ten days of awe. And we come to atonement. We come to that Sunday or Friday night. We're going to be here at 6 o'clock. We're just going to say we're here. We got an appointment. We're going to be here. We're going to come before him. We're going to experience that together. And he interrupted every plan I had. I know that it was hard for everybody to hear. It's like, when are we going to get all this stuff done? How will we ever do it? I can't. It's not possible. I tell you, if we do this and we honor God, I'm not talking about some religious law. This is a statute, but if we honor it by the Spirit, Jesus fulfilled this. He didn't work on atonement while he was here. You understand what I mean? He fulfilled these statutes. And I want to experience it for myself. I know that if I, if I give him that, he's going to make that long, gigantic list that I have. He's going to do it. I know he will. I'm trusting him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor him with this. And so 
So he says, now you read about it. He really gets big on this one. He says things about the Day of Atonement that he does not say about the other days in the feast days. He says, and the Lord said to Moses, saying, on exactly, exactly this time, on exactly the tenth day of the seventh month is the Day of Atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you, and you shall humble humble your souls and present an offering by fire to the Lord. Let the fire of God come and burn. He's a consuming fire. Let him come and burn up all that, all that past, all that yuck, all that stuff that you even want to turn away for. Let him burn up all the things that you might even be ashamed of, that you never want to admit that you were a part of. Let him come and do that. Present yourself, having been touched by the all-consuming fire. Neither shall you do any work on this same day, for it is a day of atonement to make atonement on your behalf before the Lord your God. Verse 29, if there is any person who will not humble himself on this day, he shall be cut off from his people. This is how how serious he is about it. Now you've heard it. Kind of makes you and me accountable. As for any person who does any work on this same day, he doesn't say this about anything. He says, I will destroy from among his people. That's heavy. The more I pondered it, the fear of the Lord began to come upon me. Not that I'm afraid of him, but I realized how holy this was. He began to show me how holy this moment will be when we actually experience this at the end of the 10 days of awe and the opportunity to all of mankind that is alive on the face of the earth. This won't be just America. This won't be just for Christians. It will be to everyone on the face of the earth. 10 days to receive Jesus Christ. 10 days to participate in Passover they may have never heard of. 10 days to participate in the first fruits. 10 days to be baptized by the Holy Spirit of fire, by Jesus walking in our midst. 10 days of a possibility of the mercies of God in your ignorance in our misunderstandings. Ten days and we come. And Jesus is seen as the atonement. The fullness of his appearing is what I believe. The atonement, the Lamb of God for the world when this day is fulfilled. Pastor just said that's when the reaper will overtake the sower. That's when the last will become first. If there is any person, oh, I I don't want to repeat that because that was enough just to bring the fear of the Lord. Verse 31, you shall do no work at all 
It is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all your dwelling places. And underline, it is to be a Sabbath of complete rest to you, and you shall humble your souls on the ninth of the on the ninth of the month that evening. And from evening until the next evening, you shall keep your Sabbath with me. Let me tell you, when that day is fulfilled, are you even going to be thinking of work? Are you going to be thinking about anything in the entire universe and world? Is anybody going to be thinking of anything? When he is revealed. Shut up. And then we come to Tabernacles. That's what we're about. It's only... After Friday, it's only five days away, after Friday night. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, this is the Feast of Booths. We're going to build a booth again. We're inviting you all to come and help decorate it. I'm inviting anyone who wants to help Sean Wilder cut down the limbs to bring and make the booth out here. Bring your children. I'm telling you, we put a table inside of that booth, and if you've ever sat in there for five minutes, it does something to you. We're going to decorate it. Speak to the sons, saying, On the 15th of this month, of the seventh month, is the Feast of Booths for seven days to the Lord. That's tabernacles. And on the first day is a holy convocation. So the first day is holy. He really doesn't want us to do a lot of work. You can get takeout. It's okay. You can go out for dinner. It doesn't matter. He just wants you to have chill. Chill with me. It's the first day of the excitement. We're gathering together. It's the feast of the end gathering. For seven days you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have another holy convocation. So there's seven days of the feast of booths, and then you come to the last day, the eighth day after that. It's holy. We make an assembly. And you shall do no laborious work. These are the appointed times of the Lord, underline that, which you shall proclaim as a holy convocations to present offerings by fire of the Lord, burn offerings, grain offerings, sacrifices, libations, each day's offering on its own, on its own day. And besides those of the Sabbaths of the Lord, and besides all your gifts, and besides all your votive and freewill offerings which you give to the Lord on exactly the 15th of the seventh month, when you have gathered in your crops of your land and shall celebrate the feast of the Lord for seven days with a rest on the first day and a rest on the eighth day, because he wants you to come and party with them. Amen? Amen? Now on the first day you shall take for yourselves the foliage of beautiful trees. I'm ready to go cut down a limb if I can find a beautiful yellow golden one somewhere. And I'm going to bring it to the first day of the of feast. We might have a few leaves in this place, but I'm going to wave it. He says, go and get these leaves, the foliage of the beautiful trees. There they had palm branches and bows of leafy trees and willows from the brook. And you can rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall thus celebrate it because they danced and they had a good time as a feast to the Lord for seven days. It shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations, and you shall celebrate it. 
in the seventh month. I want to tell you, this feast represents the marriage, the great marriage of the Lamb of God. This will be a fulfillment of the marriage feast. And you shall live in booths for seven days. All the native born in Israel shall live in booths, so that your generations may know that I had you live in booths when I brought you out from the land of Egypt. And he just ends it with this. I am, I am the Lord your God. And he is. He's our God. And so Moses declared this to the sons and the daughter and the the daughters and the children. We'll talk a little bit more uh, Friday. It's pretty exciting. But you see, when Jesus returns and the millennial reign is then released in the earth realm for almost a thousand years, well, it is a full thousand, Satan is cast into the pit. I want to be there. He's caused humanity so much grief. And at the end of the years, we let him out to test the hearts the men and the women and the children that have been born there. But I just want to say, this is a holy appointed time, and you are privileged to be invited. He's making a big banquet for you. He's preparing this great banqueting table, and you have been invited. Amen? I have a question here. The feast is going to be, all the meetings will be here during the feast. Meetings will be here. The only thing that will be at the Cornerstone Community Center will be the great feast. We'll be having a schedule out. There's going to be a big dinner. I believe it's uh, September 26th. It'll be that Sunday. And we'll go over there, and we're going to have turkey, and we're going to have gravy, and we're going to have mashed taters and sweet potatoes, and green beans, and rolls, and gravy, John. We're going to have gravy. And uh, yes, brother, in a moment, I'm going to have you come up. Uh, Yes, so I know that it's gone long today, but our meetings have gone long. I know that I mentioned to uh, Brandon, and Ian, and Ian, I want to tell you, I want to tell everybody that may be listening, I can't tell you a time that God is calling out for laborers of the harvest. And I want to tell you what a joy it is to serve God during this season. A couple weeks ago when uh, Brandon and Ian were here, I just can't tell you, I don't want to cry, i got to keep it together how much it touched my heart to see them here and to see Ian Jr. I'd never seen him before in my life. I'd heard of him, but he was born. Twelve years old. David was anointed at 12 years old to become a king. At 12 years old, And I saw a call on this young man's life. 
And I know the calls that are on those three young men. Look, I know this place might not look pretty to you. I know this might not be the fanciest place. Years ago, this place was packed. Years ago, you had to get here early to get a seat. We had youth, huge youth ministry. At the memorial yesterday, one of the people that was in our youth ministry, she came and told me, she said, to Lonnie and I, she said, my daughter is now about the age I was when I came to that. She said, what you taught us at that age and what they're facing in the school system right now, the lies that, my, that the children are being told, the lies about who they are and who they were created to be. She says, you and, you and Pastor Lonnie never held back. You talked about the questions we had that we were talking to our kids with that our parents wouldn't talk about. We talked about sex. We talked about all of it. We talked about the pleasures of the flesh, and we told them the truth about what God wanted and, and why, why he's not, you know, we know that sex is pleasurable. He made it that way so that we would recreate and love. But the enemy has taken it and made such a mess out of it that our youth, he's after our youth. And I know some of you have a voice to speak to your generation, the truth. I said, well, you don't tell me you're asking. She says, they're not telling it. They're not even telling it in our church. She goes to a different church now. And I said, you know, she says, we're going to be starting a youth group. I said, and she says, I've got this curriculum and stuff. I said, we didn't do it. We did it by the Spirit of God and what we knew you needed and what you were facing in school every day and the temptations that were on you and that some of you had already had sex and you'd lost your virgin state. And, and we taught them how through the blood of the Lamb and coming to Christ, he's a redeemer. He can restore, he can restore innocence. And they started coming, and they started confessing. And at our youth groups, they would confess to one another. This is what we've been up to. Help me. And God was just there in such an anointing and healing. And there was no condemnation. Look, we've all walked the paths that we have. I said, you're not asking me to come over to your church as a, as a grandma. Here's Granny coming with the word of the Lord. She says, but... But we need it. She says, if we have a meeting, you could come. And, you know, and I'm just like, well, you've got the word in you. I'm happy to do it again. I'm happy to teach it on a Sunday morning. I'm not afraid to tell you the beauty that God had for a man and woman to come together and become one flesh. And because it's so holy and it's such a mystery, let me tell you, the devil, the devil has destroyed people's lives because you do become one. But there's deliverance. They're setting free. We're in the ten days of awe. We can repent. We can be restored. We can pray for one another. This is real. This isn't a story. This isn't fairy dust I'm sprinkling on you. 
This isn't a fairy tale. This is the word of God and the things that he's promised. You can become clean, and he can become, and you can have the innocence. How many of you would love the innocence that you had as a child when you had not partaken of the tree of good and evil? The innocence that you had, the freedom you hadn't, you didn't have a care in the world, most of you. Some of you had tough times as kid. I, kids, I know. I do know it firsthand. But God is here with us. He's here with us. I need young people to fill this place. If you're a young piece of person, I'm desperate for you. Uh, somebody asked me, where are the girls? I know where they are. I do. They're in the nations, and I know some of them, and they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. There's Americans, Australians. There's people from Norway. And I know just who to call. But the Lord has said, you're not bringing them here. You're not going to make that call yet. I'm raising up men of God here. And when you call them and they come to set up the next move of this church that looks empty here, there's going to be men of, men of God waiting for them. Yeah. Jesus called the fishermen. Have you ever been at a fishing dock and listened to their language and what they've been up to? Are you hearing me? He doesn't care about your past. Just give him your life. It'll be transformed. It's like what Norm said this morning. My life was changed. It really is true. So I need your help. I need your help. You have something to give. You have something I don't. I don't have my youth anymore. You have a voice to the world out there. They won't perceive me like they can listen to you. You understand? Well, I, I'm not more important than you are. I want you to know that I am not more important than you are. Do you know how important you are? If, if I could say one thing to you, do you know your purpose? If you don't know your purpose, I will sit there and I will speak the word of the Lord and what your purpose is. Some of you are like, what am I doing here? It's such a waste, you know. Life is short. It can be glorious with him. We're all important. We're all important. And, and I love you all so much. But I am. I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. If you're hearing me in another state and you want to know where you can come, I need young families. I need children. I want to hear the sound of children here every Sunday. I want children interrupting when I'm preaching. I want some kids crying. I want somebody to make noise. I want the life of the family of God. God's saying, don't abandon Praise Chapel yet. Because the next move of the Spirit here will be greater than the last. If you want to come and serve, I'm telling you right now, I'm talking to the, the sound feed. Did you know that God even got on our side? He'll pay you $7,500 to move here. I'm serious. We need you. 
if you were waiting and you're feeling that God, if you're not in here and you feel that God is going to move you somewhere, I'm asking you to come. We need you. You are needed. You will be used here. You will not have gifting and just be sitting around. It's all men and women on board, on deck. Because the move of the Spirit is come and is coming. I do not despise your youth. I love being with the younger crowd. You keep me young. I'm crazy. Ask my old friends. <laughs> yeah, they're like, wow, I didn't know you were that crazy. I, I said, you haven't seen anything yet, right, Karen? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Listen. Embrace Abba, Father. Embrace Jesus, Yeshua, in these days. Now, some people are going to come up. Did you know that we're having the feast and at the same time? So the feast ends on a Wednesday, and that Saturday we're doing another community outreach. Boys back there, I need you. I'm going to come individually. You know, when Brandon came to my house for dinner, he looks like he has a headache already. <laughs> when, he came, when he came for dinner a few weeks ago, I was telling him some things we needed to do. Do you know what he said? He said, I can help you with that. Let me help you with that. We'd had somebody come in to clean the carpet, and Ben was coming over. He was going to move some of the furniture back into my bedroom. He said, I can help you guys with that. Do you know what that is? That young man has a ministry of helps. Do you know how honorable that is? What was Jesus doing? He was helping everybody. You know what a purpose that is? What a call that is? And I know he has a voice. He's disturbed about the way things are in the earth realms right now. Do you know what a voice he'll be able to be to his generation? I don't care about his past. He might be sitting there thinking, but you don't know. And this is I don't care about any of it, and God doesn't either. It's what you are at this moment in God. Ian, you messed up. I don't care. You, when I talk to you, the strength that I felt standing by you, because you see, I don't look at any man, I try not to look at any man. We should never be looking at one another after the flesh. But by the eyes of faith and what God intended you to be. And I felt such strength. And you know, he's a big guy. I hope you guys don't mind me talking about you today. We're family here, folks. We're family. And normally, I don't do this on a public broadcast, but I wanted all of you to hear. Come to Vermont. They'll pay you 7500 bucks to move here. And you can work here. They'll give you jobs. And believe me, all the qualifications of jobs that you can do are here, and we have a bunch of jobs that are paid jobs that you can come if you're moving from out of state. I have, uh, listen, uh, I have no shame today. If it's manipulation, whatever you want, because I'm calling you forth into the word and into the move of the spirit that he's doing, and he sent me here in 1979 to release. The strength, and I met your son, and I told Ian Jr., I said, 
hey, we need, but we need young people like you. He's so smart. And he goes, I don't know about my friends. You know, they might be running around, misbehaving, making noise, cursing. I said, well, Jesus brought in the first people he called to be his disciples. A bunch of them were fishermen. Uh, it's okay. I don't care about that. Because God can change a life. If he could change my life and transform it. He, he, there is nothing impossible for my God. So we've got the feast. You know, everybody's been working hard. I just want to tell you how much I appreciate how hard you've all been working. And yesterday, what you did at the memorial, it touched so many lives. I'm telling you, there was reconciliations. There was forgiveness. There was, there was so many things that happened there. We don't even know what he did in the midst of us. It was so beautiful. And we have this outreach. It's the Apple Fest. So come up here, guys that have somebody. People are going to be coming and asking you to help out. We just need people. It's a fun day. It's a Saturday. We're going to have a blast. We're going to meet on Friday night and set some things up. Come up, Pastor, because I'm wandering. I know, I know I'm wandering. But um, I just wanted to get that call out to all of you. I know somebody else has something about the offering today. And we're not going to forget it. Okay. We're going to do it next week. Great. Uh, we're going to bring your offering a little bit. Um, I usually don't do this. Uh, we haven't shut you down. I want to say goodbye. I want to tell you all how much I love you. And it blesses me so to see that some of you are, you know, watching in from all over the world. And so I hope that this touched your heart. You may not have a church that celebrates these appointed times, but you can do it in your home. Because you are the church. You don't need a building. You can go out there and build yourself a booth and celebrate the feast. Get in a tent. We love you. We pray for you. We pray for you. We bless you. If you want to sow in and you have received meat or any food from this ministry in the spirit, you know where the donate buttons are. You can help us in this great work that we're doing. I bless you all. I pray for you all. I thank you all from the bottom of my heart. And, and, and everyone here at Praise Chapel, thank you for all that you've sown and helped us get through the lean times, get through the past couple of years. You've been amazing. And we are ever grateful. And so is Abba. So we say goodbye to you. We're going to continue on our meeting. And if you want to fly out, that's October 2nd, 10.30 to 10 p.m. is the Apple Harvest Fest. Come on. I've got people literally flying up here from Tampa, Florida.